0: This is Ron Friends, comics illustrator, and this is a bumper for The Amazing Spider Talk. Welcome to The Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdin and I am the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com.
1: And I'm Mark Gianacchio, the editor of The Chasing Amazing blog.
0: Thanks for joining us for the first ever episode of Amazing Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. And speaking of fans, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself for all the people who are new to the show?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Dan. Well, um, as I said in the introduction, uh, I run the website Chase an Amazing Blog, which documents my quest to collect every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. As of right now, I am currently two comics away from owning the entire run, although I don't count annuals, which has always been a point of contention between Dan and I. Uh, but uh, for those of you asking, those two issues I am missing that I do count are Amazing spider mans number three and number six. Uh, I've been reading Spider-Man comics uh, since the uh, mid to late '80s when I was seven years old. I bought my first issue, Amazing Spider-Man 296. It was a Spidey and Doc Ock issue. Uh, I believe Doc Ock was afraid of Spider-Man in that issue, which I always think is kind of a funny thing. Um, you know, I, I I live in in Brooklyn, New York. I have a wife. I have a kid. I write for a living. Beyond my blog. So, uh, Dan, does that sound like a good bio to you?
0: Yeah, that sounds good to me.
1: And what about you, Dan? What, what, tell us a little about yourself.
0: Well, uh, my name, again, is Dan Gavazdan, and um, I do run SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. Like Mark, I've been reading Spider-Man most of my life. I think I started when I was five years old, around 1991. My first issue was Amazing Spider-Man 375. I, I bought Spider-Man trading cards, I think, for a while before that. I don't know where my fascination with him stemmed from. I think my father introduced me to him before I can remember um, so I've been reading pretty much my entire life and um uh during the day, I'm a school teacher, well, at least for a little while in about a month, I'm moving from Maryland to l a uh to go back to grad school
1: yeah, you sell out
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh getting a degree in film studies, um, so I'm really excited about that um but yeah, I all like Mark also collect uh, amazing Spider-Man comics and Mark is two away. I'm eight away, but I say that I'm nine away because I include Amazing Fantasy 15 and I will say this Mark, I have all of the annuals.
1: Oh, there you go. Well, you know, I think if I were, were to count the annuals I'm still not that far away. Maybe I'm 10 issues away. Okay. So it's not, it's not like I don't own annuals, but I just don't count them because it gets me to the goal line faster. But <laughs> if you if you have them all, then so be it, Dan.
0: <laughs> I do. I do, Mark. Let, let's go.
1: <laughs> and Amazing Fantasy fifteen uh, is a comic I would love to own someday, but something that I probably will never have the money to afford. So why even bother? Well, OK. I didn't think I'd have the money for Amazing Spider-Man number one, but I do own it now, Dan.
0: Well, there you go. Jealous? I am jealous. I am jealous.
1: um so so why don't we talk about what what, what the first episode is going to be uh we're going to follow a similar format to what we used to do with superior spider talk which is uh in this episode we'll be discussing the newest issue which in this case will be amazing spider-man volume three number one by Dan sla and berto Ramos and a bunch of backup stories uh we'll answer some fan mail discuss uh spider news that's that you know solicitations and rumors and speculation and then we always conclude uh, our episode or we try to conclude every episode Or every other episode at least With a uh, review of a classic issue Kind of sticking with the theme of Amazing Spider-Man series relaunches and reboots We're going to be discussing Amazing Spider-Man number 1 volume 2 By Howard Mackey and John Byrne
0: Of course if you want to skip to a specific section You can just use the chapter selection arrows on your player And also if you hear this sound Please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Mark, we've blathered on long enough already. Let's get right to it and talk about Amazing Spider-Man Volume 3, Number 1.
1: every time by saying volume three because that's going to get tedious after a while right no i don't i don't
0: don't think so but for now i want to make sure people know what we're talking about you know as if they were lost or anything
1: okay well well going forward i'm going to say amazing spider man number one issue one and you'll know that i'm talking about volume three so let's talk about it and in that regard uh dan you know we we um kind of uh talked about our disappointment with the way Superior ended so there was a little bit of trepidation uh, for me at least in terms of how uh, this new era of Amazing Spider-Man was going to open up and I think for a first issue um, there's a lot going on and it wasn't all perfect but I I, I gotta be honest there was something fun and breezy uh, familiar about this issue I mean I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's Peter Parker back in the saddle again doing what he does best he's quippy he's joking uh, he's fighting ridiculous enemies like the menagerie. Um, I, I, I was. It was an enjoyable experience for me. What about you?
0: Yeah, I had a really great time. I mean, even if it's just for the change of tone that this book has, it's like a good breath of fresh air and reminds me of the, you know, the, the reason I initially read Spider-Man books. I mean, although I, I, I loved a lot of Superior, so not the sole reason I read Spider-Man books, but. Um, one of, one of the reasons I, I picked it up in the first place um, I like the jokey Light nature feel of this issue While also having some consequences It is nice to see Peter Parker Back again and I know we talked A little bit last episode or the final episode Of Superior Spider Talk About the jokey Peter Parker But I thought it was handled Really well here, a nice balance um, Peter feels like a distinct Character here and, um, and I'm happy To have him back
1: yeah, it's like having an old friend from college come back. You know, it's just, it's it's this like I think the word I used earlier was familiarity, and that's really what it boils down to. Well, um, you know, this is a character I like. I like I. It's why I started reading Spider Man is because I like Peter as a character. So having him back and and it. it it felt even though there were consequences, there, there, this wasn't a high anxiety issue. I mean, you know, I think that's part of it too with um, the way ASM Volume 2 ended with 700 and then throughout Superior. There was just a lot of anxiety to those issues like what, what is going to happen? How is this going to be resolved? And it was kind of nice just to you know, have a comic book story again without it being, like, this ominous end of the world. Although, speaking of, like, major game-changing things, we, I guess we can't really dive into this issue without first talking about the opening panels of this story, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're very interesting opening panels. Uh, yeah, so so we,
1: we see a... Uh, we're, we're revisiting... Um Amazing Fantasy fifteen and and Peter in the lab getting bitten by the spider is origin story, the very, very famous origin story, considered one of the greatest origin stories of all time. Um and uh we conclude it by showing that there was a second person bitten by the spider, and that a lot can happen in a split second. Um I don't know. I'm a little skeptical, but I'm also in wait and see mood about this. I don't know, like can can is 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 we, we have retcons in comic books all the time, but is, is retconning Amazing Fantasy 15 a, a smart way to go, Dan?
0: I don't know. I mean, it's never uh, proven fruitful in the past. I mean, you can look at uh, Chapter 1 for the last exa- <laughs> example of that. and it's- Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about that a little bit later, I think. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a reboot in the 90s that was wholly unsuccessful and was completely forgotten Several issues later, uh, yeah. or, or forcefully forgotten. Um, I don't know, Mark. Uh, when I read this, I think, uh, you know, c- can't we create another situation wherein we can create an interesting character rather than mining the same thing over and over and over again, or, or at least altering the same thing over and over again? But that being said, I read all these solicitations for like the original sin. Um, Books and something about them to me reads kind of like alternate university where it seems as if like all these huge changes are coming to all of their major characters and it's such a huge gamble. It either reads like a new 52 kind of thing or like that it might just be a huge lark and these characters will disappear. I don't know. I'm I'm willing to read it but – Something to me signals that this might not be a long lasting change,
1: yeah, maybe this is going to be like heroes reborn or something <laughs> where they, they what was what was the resolution of that that they all existed in an alternate dimension and then came back but um I guess you know for me with with Peter getting bitten by the spider, I mean you know i uh, the big big reason why i don 't want to see that get altered too much is you know the fact the uniqueness of the spider man mythos is the fact that you know it' was this kind of socially aloof average teenager i mean very intelligent teenager but you know like just a just a kid who whose life gets turned upside down by this by this freak accident and and you know added this this level of specialness and uniqueness to him. And, you know, you don't want to see that get cheapened by, oh well, there are more. And then, you know, if there's a second, who says there's not a third or a fourth or a fifth? Um, you know, the only parallel I can think of where this has been successful is and I know it's not exactly the same, but you know, obviously this would be near and dear to you, Dan. I mean, you have Miles Morales in the Ultimate Universe, who was also bitten by you know an Oscorp radioactive spider, so you know, and Miles is Miles is a great character. Um, so maybe there is potential there, but it, you know, this is to 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 be mining from the original uh, origin story as an Amazing Fantasy fifteen, you know, from nineteen sixty two. It's dangerous ground.
0: Yeah, I, and I agree with you. Let's wait and see how how it is, but yeah, consider us cautious about it.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, you know, with, with that taken care of, let's definitely talk a bit about, um, you know, the comic that followed uh, past this origin page. Uh, you know, we already talked about the breeziness, and familiarity of it. Um, some really good jokes. I, I actually liked – it's a little juvenile. I liked the, the missing pee, pee break joke from Peter. Yeah, that felt uh,
0: like quintessential Peter Parker to me, making jokes to the wrong audience.
1: Yeah, you know, tough crowd too. And, I mean, it was – you know, it's one of the few times in a while – in a really long while that I've, I've laughed out loud to myself while reading Spider-Man, which is, again, like it's good to be back in that place um and naked spidey uh, yeah, it was awkward, but I don't know like i i had a good time with 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 naked spider man
0: yeah you know what I gotta say like I think every joke in this worked for me and like it, and if it didn't work, it didn't work because it was intended not to work like it was intended to just be ridiculously corny over the top um it actually yeah. kind of reminds me a lot of Ultimate Spider-Man and the way that he joked, particularly with the Kingpin, where it's just like you can tell this guy has just been thinking up these jokes like <laughs> over the past like several months and he's just waiting for a chance to It's almost as if like in this one he like uses his Spider-Man personality for like therapy. It's almost like he wishes he was a stand-up comedian and he just uses this as his stage. <laughs> like yeah, no, to get absolutely. it out of his system.
1: Yeah. I mean you kinda you kinda wonder if he has a rim shot going behind him or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and, and I gotta say, you know, Dan Slot, who is, you know, kind of the master of pulling um obscure characters and wackiness out of his hat, um, you know, opening up the first comic of a new series with him fighting the likes of White Rabbit and Hippo and and it, it, it's not gypsy moth. What did Gypsy Moth change her name to? Uh the 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 Skeener? or
0: yeah something like that
1: uh that's just a total dance lot thing to do i mean you know the the the, the comic was kind of sold on oh electro and electro does figure in in the, in the backup story but um i there was a part of me it actually it, you know i hate to say it it echoed Superior Spider-Man number one with him you know, with Otto fighting the wacky uh, Superior Six or Sinister Six which of course turns out to be the superior foes of Spider-Man but um, I just kind of like the randomness of of the opening battle of this comic
0: Yeah I completely agree I mean it's not a particularly substantial issue but it's a lot of fun to read and I think a lot of that has to do with Humberto Ramos mm. um, You know what he is a welcome breath of fresh air back on this book I, I know there's like a lot of People that hold like you know, I like Kamen Coley, but a lot of people hold his stuff over Ramos's stuff. But for me, Ramos is the best guy on this book right now, and uh, and one of the best Spider-Man artists, I think, in general. Um, and these issues showcase him at his best, you know, and and especially with the tone of this issue, I think he fits in a lot better here than he did on Superior. Like I just, it's just a joy to read his stuff.
1: Yeah, joy is the best word you can use, Dan, because that's exactly what comes to mind. And, and and talking of the tone, I mean, both visually and, and in terms of the text, I, 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 I have a lot of appreciation um, for kind of the theme of this story, which is this, you know, this idea of Peter getting a new lease on life and not taking it for granted. Because, you know, I think whether it's intentional or not, um, you know, it kind of echoes the sentiments that a lot of fans, including you and I, uh, Dan, had. Um, about superior as it was nearing its end, that not that we didn 't enjoy it and think it was interesting and thought provoking and et cetera, um, but that you know we, we we wanted our hero back, we wanted Peter back, you know like like we didn 't want we didn 't want to have this this gap without him again, you know, so um to kind of speak to that in the comic itself and have peter address that idea like you know i i want to i want to make this work and nothing's gonna bother me you know it's all gonna go go to hell for him any any day now i mean you know we got got a lecture on black cat gunning for him right now but for now i i like the optimism
0: the rumors of my death were greatly exaggerated
1: there you go, Congrats. Samuel Clemens Parker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would be hysterical if Slot just killed him off in six, six issues. Okay. Oh my god!
1: Yeah, at the end of Learning to Crawl, and then Spider Verse, which is the true Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I was about to say, just kind of also jumping about like the difference in tone. Um, you know, maybe this is just totally coincidental, but. Um, I do think it's it's telling that this was the first issue in a while that um, is just a sole slot script credit. There's no Christos Gage. And I know that we like some of Christos Gage's solo work um, – in, in in towards the end of superior, but I don't know. There's something there's something about when, when Christos comes in to to script over Dan's plots where I feel like just something gets lost and and that that joy that heart and soul is missing. You know.
0: I feel like they're two very different styled writers, and maybe the combo isn't a, a good one. Um, you know, yeah. I think Dan's slots a lot more breezy, and and Gage is much more character heavy. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and putting those two together might not necessarily work, and uh, this this kind of re- gets me take me to my thought about this issue is, you know, we were very harsh on uh, on thirty and thirty one of superior, and well, I wanted those to be different, um, given what we were, you know, that is the conclusion of Sup- superior. I I like all the consequences for Peter in this. Mm. Uh, it's not as much as I would have wanted, but uh, for what we you know what the status quo is, I think they were all handled very well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say my only issue with the in terms of the cons- consequences with with Spidey is, you know. At least it's, in terms of ASM one here. There, there seemed to be more of a focal point on kind of almost like, oh wow, Otto did all this stuff that was good or or different uh, in my life. There wasn't so much on this whole thing, you know, with like the Avengers and MJ and Aunt May, where you know the 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 the. the, the Damage that Otto did socially, it didn't. I don't feel like that came into it. I mean, you know, the the new York, there was that one scene where the New Yorkers were kind of booing Spidey, telling him to get lost, and you know, Spidey's like, "Oh, I guess you know Otto didn't treat our fair New Yorkers great." But you want to know something? They were booing Peter forever. You know,
0: <laughs> when, is, yeah.
1: when is Spidey always? You know, when is Spidey had a consistent amount of popularity in New York City?
0: yeah it doesn't feel like that low for for spider man like this is kind of like on par for him normally, so yeah,
1: yeah yeah I mean, I mean you know the fact that the biggest thing right now is obviously the Anna Maria stuff, which we'll get to in a second, and like uh, you know, oh, I have a doctorate, oh, I run a company, which you know is going to set up complications, no question, but you know like. This isn't the end of the. This isn't the death sentence for Peter here, you know. Whereas, (laughs) you know, his aunt May severing all ties with him because you know he freaked out in her in uh, in that Venom arc. You know, I would feel like that would that would have more weight behind it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a weirdly apologetic issue to Otto, which I guess makes sense considering the tone of the ending of Superior. But it does feel weird to have it be kind of like. Fond on Superior Spider-Man I mean I know we're fond on it But like Sp- Peter Was still murdered by this guy Like you'd think there would be a little More uh, like uh, A negative reaction and feelings Towards the, the actions That Otto has taken in his You know in his time away
1: Yeah I mean we did get a, An Otto reference in terms of um, Peter trying to access His memories for half a second Before stopping and you know i hate I, I hate to say it, but you know for those take you know banking on the fact that Otto will return at some point, you know I feel like there's your there's your opportunity right there, right?
0: Yeah, and I don't know how he would still have access to Otto's memories, but I'm sure there's some weird way to explain it. I did enjoy the beat where Peter asks his like lab workers to assist him with something, and they're all like cowering in fear.
1: Yes, yeah. And I also liked him constantly repeating after um what's her name? Um Sajani. Uh, Sajani by you know, and stop repeating after me. <laughs> stop repeating after me.
0: <laughs> what what do you think it means that uh Peter is now severing his ties like uh like company wise with Spider Man? Like what would the ramifications of that be?
1: That's a great question. I mean, you know, it 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 was addressed obviously over the course of a couple of pages here, but like I don't know. I don't know if this makes me a cynical reader or not, but like I, you know, I, 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 I don't buy it. If that makes sense, like you know, I mean, maybe it just won't be publicly like, oh, I'm no longer working with him. But I don't know. Like, how how, how can he really do that? I mean, Otto said he was going to separatize with Spider Man, and he couldn't do it. You know, I mean, is like
0: it, is this their way of making it so he can't use advanced costumery anymore? I mean, maybe, but that doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I'm, I I like I said I'm not totally sold on that on that status quo shift. Well, let me wait and see on that.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of interested in where Parker Industries is going to go because there's a moment where Peter like can't solve Otto's, you know, cybernetics. And, or, cybernetics and things. And also that like the whole company, like a big portion of its funding is not only from, you know, Anna Maria or um from, you know, his, Jameson. Jameson, yeah. Uh, but it's also from Otto's own supply of funds.
1: Yeah, his Cayman and, Island accounts, right?
0: Yeah. and
1: That Carly but, has access to now, right?
0: Yeah, I guess she does. Yeah, so there, she so knows about it.
1: So there's uh, Chekhov's Carly Cooper investigation, right?
0: Yeah, if she <laughs> ever deems to come back. But, like, where is Peter's funding going to come from? You know, that's,
1: that's a great question. I mean, that's obviously going to be one of the things that we come back to, I'm assuming.
0: What about Jameson? What did you think about this turn for Jameson? well he hasn't
1: started Papa Papa Jonas Pizza yet which is disappointing to me although you know the way he was kind of sitting and sulking there I was half expecting him to be like you know playing with an empty pizza box Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) he did have a fair bit of alcohol I wonder if Uh, Alcoholism is a path he might be heading down
1: He might have to get together with Tony Stark then To go over that Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There is an interesting um, introduction in this I don't know if you caught this But there's this thing called the Fact Channel
1: Yes, this new news agency, right? Because I've not heard of them yet
0: I did a a search on the internet And couldn't find a thing on the Fact Channel it, It seems to be a new introduction But it was all over this issue um, and even bolded uh, when when stated by some of the characters, which means we're meant to you know take a look at it uh, you know but more closely. So I wonder, maybe we'll get Jameson, the newsman, on TV.
1: Yeah, but who's going to be? I, let's I, let's let's place bets now. Who's the financial backer for the Fact Channel?
0: Uh, I don't know, but maybe Alchemex.
1: I was going to say, I can see this being an Alchemex uh, reunion here.
0: Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, uh,
1: just, 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 just a hunch, uh, <laughs> or maybe Hollister will be back. Or
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: um, yeah. So, so do we want to talk a little bit about um, Anna Maria in
0: this issue? Yeah, sure. I think it's a big part of this issue.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, this is. I'm assuming in terms of. Um, the big shocking moment that Dan Slott was kind of touting on Twitter uh, Was was the ending of this um, That's going to freak people out And I'm assuming the freak out had to do with a couple of things You know, Anna Maria no uh, Figuring out Spidey's secret identity But also uh, the, the methodology for how she did it Which is through the freckles by his belly button uh, Which she would know because she's seen his belly button In many other parts of his body
0: Carly um, Cooper had ought to learn something from her deducing skills. Oh! <laughs> uh,
1: although we, I mean, we don't know that Peter and Carly did anything, did we? We, we yeah,
0: was... it's it's more than hinted. Okay. Well, either way, Carly slide whistle time,
1: <laughs> or is that like a Carly hubba hubba or something? Um, yeah, where did, where did she place on your countdown?
0: She was number six, I believe.
1: Okay. Okay. She couldn't be that Betty Brant, could she?
0: Nope. Betty's got the history.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Um,
1: you know, I do like that Anna Maria was dealt with right away, but and I think I said this in one of my one of the superior reviews that we did. You know, this whole this whole mistaken identity and awkwardness it just smacks of like cheesy threes, Company sitcommy stuff to me, and I don't know if I need that in a superhero comic. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: No, cuz I really enjoyed this. Like, and uh, the 3s company stuff is what I read Spider-Man for.
1: To to, to that degree though? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't I, know what
0: you're talking about. It seemed like fairly average for Spider-Man for me.
1: I don't know. I, I I I
0: Is there a moment in particular that bothered you?
1: Yeah, the fact that the that she discovered his identity by by knowing what he looks like naked.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a little salacious for the book, but I mean we.
1: It's not even about being salacious. It's just like I don't know. Like Anna Maria was introduced as this very intelligent person, and like you know, like how does she figure out Peter Spider Man? Oh, by his naked body. I mean I don't know. That yeah, seems – yeah.
0: I guess you're right. That's cheap. That's a little it, when cheap to me. Put it that way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did really enjoy that she found the ring with a list of like. Otto's phases for like the engagement like that was so creepy and funny and totally Otto. Right, right. Uh, I love that moment.
1: And I did I did appreciate the misdirection when she was like, "Oh, hey, slick, we need to talk." Cuz I thought it was going to be about the ring and then it became something else, obviously. So, um that that was fun. Uh I like I said, I just I just don't want to see this become, you know, like I said, three's company. Yeah. Uh, uh, as much as I love John Ritter and Suzanne Somers and Joyce Dewitt, see, so, yeah, I remember all three actors' names. I can't tell you who played Larry, though.
0: I've never seen an episode of Three's Company.
1: Oh my goodness, Dan! Go watch Three's Company.
0: I'll do it right now. See you later, Mark.
1: All right. All right. Come back and then see if that's what you want comic books to be.
0: OK. <laughs> five <laughs> hours later.
1: Oh, it's more than five hours, my friend. That no, was like that's, s- all,
0: that's all I could handle.
1: That's about seven seven seasons of fun. Don Knotts makes an appearance. I, oh, come I on. do
0: like Don Knotts.
1: Yes. Anyway, there's mistaken identities about it. Is, he, is Jack gay? Oh, it's just oh, hilarity. Well, of it's speaking sorry. of mistaken
0: identities.
1: Oh, you're cutting me off. Okay, go on.
0: Uh, I'm I'm using the cane to pull you off stage. Okay. Um, what do you think about the Avengers here? Like realizing that Peter was back.
1: I I, I appreciated that. Um, I
0: thought it was okay.
1: Yeah, I I I, I, I have no objection. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing about that. So we just had, you know, a 16-month period where the Avengers were essentially written like idiots when it came to Spider-Man and his identity. I I hate to boil it down like that, but it was. So to kind of have them turn around and be like, oh, that's our real Spidey, almost kind of felt like a cop-out because it's like, you know, you you doubted him somewhat, but like not really (laughs) uh, in Superior. Like you you knew something was off, but, you know, you, you never took that extra step to really figure it out, you know. Uh, we talked about this. Could they have used a psychic? I mean, there are ways to do this. You know what I mean? And they didn't. They just tested him to see if he was a scroll. The, um,
0: the Avengers in this comic book have kind of been portrayed like the lone gunman from the yeah. X-Files. They're just like a bunch of kind of like nerds in a basement trying to figure something out.
1: <laughs> if I told you I never watched the X-Files, is that is that going to return? Do we have to trade DVDs now? Or, uh... That might
0: be a bigger sin.
1: Oh, stop it!
0: Especially from a fan of serialized uh, fiction.
1: Okay, well, you know, we we'll, we'll, we'll we can we can lecture me about that later.
0: Uh. <laughs> Here's your no prize, Mark.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Oh, well, you know, this is a new show, Dan, so people don't know about the no prize. <laughs> yeah,
0: you think you can get away with it now?
1: Um, do we want to talk about some of these backup stories?
0: Yeah. Well, let, I want to finish off a couple more thoughts on this. Oh, please. What I did love, though. Was the human torch moment in this I thought that was brilliant,
1: Johnny just laughing it up,
0: yeah, 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 and th- there's a lot of like little moments i mean there's a lot of, a lot of this story is kind of little threads and, and it's kind of a good starting issue for that reason um there's a moment with m with m j which I thought was nice, meaning you know clearly signifying that even though we thought she was kind of leaving the book, she's still going to be a character in this, and Peter has a long way to go to regain her trust, um
1: yeah. But there was something, and I don't know if this was meant to be what it conveyed, But there was something about the way she closed the laptop and said "idiot," where you know I could see the smile on her face and just be like, "Yeah, that's my Peter." You know what I mean? Like there was, there was a, there was this. I felt like a sympathy and a, and a sincerity to it.
0: Yeah, I um, I do want to say though, and I know MJ is a supermodel. Mm-hmm. But, like, is there any way that Ramos could draw any of the women in any of these books so that they don't look like porn stars? Like, <laughs> every single woman in one of these books looks like she has, like, fake boobs. Like, I understand it's his art style. is like, kind of manga-like.
1: Uh, sorry, th- were, were you saying porn stars? Like, they're, they're selling off their wares on a reality show, Dan?
0: I wish. I wish. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I just, like... You know, I feel like there are men of all different shapes and sizes throughout these books, but every single woman is like the hottest thing on earth, and I would love to see him tone it down at least for somebody. You know, even the villains, like all of them, are the hottest. You know, women on earth. I guess people are fit, but like, come on now.
1: Wow, these are these are some strong strong accusations from Dan Kavazdan.
0: I don't know. I mean, do you not feel that way?
1: It's honestly, that's comics, you know. I mean, like, I mean, how is it any different than like what Common Coley did with MJ in that one issue with the, with the, you know, the pretty woman boots and the, and the sunglasses and all that, you know, like it's just, it's, it's unfortunately kind of an industry standard that these women get sexualized. And we could talk about why that's not a good thing, but
0: yeah, I don't know, I don't if, I don't, I don't know if it's, that. I don't
1: know if it's just a Ramos thing, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't want to get off into that. I, I, I just, you know, it's just something that sticks out to me. It's like uh, I, with, with especially with Ramos's stuff. I I know I, I know it's his style, but it is like one thing about I love his style, but it's one thing like his splash pages in this I thought were wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, it, it just uh, I I want to see like gosh, heaven forbid like, you know, I, I don't wanna even get into this. Okay, <laughs> just you no, got it. Just just note that like, you know, I'd love to see some more modest treatment of women in comic books. And, uh, and this is not it.
1: All right, duly noted. Okay. Um, Let's
0: talk about those backup issues.
1: All right, backup issues. So, I mean, the the two, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot here. And a lot of them were teasers for future series. But I felt like, I mean, the two most significant ones in terms of what the main arc is going to be in Amazing Spider-Man were these Electro and Black Cat stories. Um, I felt both um, were solid enough to kind of, you know, wet my whistle and get me to anticipate what these villains were going to be. Electro... I, I, I kinda like this idea of Electro having you know, with something to prove. Um, I feel, you know, because he is kind of a bit of a of a loser villain, but you know, his longevity and, and whatnot kinda elevates him and obviously his role in the current movie. Um you know, initially, when I first read the Black Cat segment, I was like, I don't know. Do I need to see, like, psychopathic Felicia on a, on a you know, a, f- a rage of, of vengeance? And the more I thought about it, I was like, no, you know, this is this, this should be fun. It's a new, new wrinkle for the character. Let's see where they go with it. Um, I'm down. I think these should be some fun follow-up stories with these two characters. What about you?
0: Yeah, I had a good time with them. I'm not necessarily sure I understood why Electro decided to blow up um, the raft again. It seemed like an odd thing just to kind of orchestrate Black Cat's escape. But I love the idea that it actually might have been a a reversal in that Black Cat caused his powers to overload rather than Spider-Man and it's all a misunderstanding. I kind of like that and I love the portrayal of Black Cat going to jail. And it seems like an actual interesting place for her character to be rather than just the like flirty like – you know, fling up. character Yeah, because yeah. yeah. the character was Always had a bit more depth to it And I felt like that's been lost And here I, I see a way for that to come back And I like the way that Common Coley Drew it, uh, I thought it was a pretty A pretty nice little tale there And felt substantial
1: So what you're saying is you want to see uh, Spider-Man meet Black Cat's mother again
0: no, I do not want that <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I, I will go on the record and say That is the weirdest black cat moment In all of Spider-Man comics
1: Okay, fair enough, fair enough we're e- Even it.
0: over her swimming in milk um, And having cats drink milk That she's been swimming in Which for personal hygiene reasons I find odd But
1: I can't argue with that No, not at all um, yeah, so Okay, we're on the same page there um, What did you think of the uh, Joe Caramanga stuff?
0: I thought that was f- it was fun. I love that one panel where he kind of sums up all of Sp- Spider-Man stories. You know, he's yeah. like, "I'm a down on luck guy that just barely makes it out in time, and then finds a way to overcome in the end." You know, like, yeah, <laughs> basically summing up every issue of Stanley Spider-Man and and most Spider-Man stories uh, overall. Uh, I, I I I like that. Uh, it was it was fun, and uh, we'll get back to this later. But it seems that all these number ones kind of have like. A story like that in them.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the uh, 2099 story, uh,
0: I mean, it was okay, I guess, right? I guess. I mean, like, I I don't know, Peter David. Like, why was this the story you wanted to tell with this character? Like, I don't really know. He's kind of beats up these two guys. And then there's this kind of reversal at the end that I didn't really understand. Like... Did, did you understand what was happening there, Mark? The woman's like, "Call the police if you want; they might show up." And you're like, "Wait, what does that mean?"
1: Yeah, it was strange. I I I, I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. I mean, you know, I think it, it's it's so strange because you know there was this clamoring for twenty for Miguel O'Hara. They finally brought him back. That initial arc I thought was a strong one. Then he kind of faded into obscurity. They kind of. Kept them around primarily, probably because they, you know, were trying to convince Peter David to do this this comic, and now they got him. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, it, it's not like twenty ninety nine is enough of an of a has enough of a legacy where this thing is just going to automatically sell because it's there, you know. So they, I, I do think they need to be a little more strategic in how they're marketing this series because this could this could tank very quickly if if you know there's not a good hook for people to get invested, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, this was just not—I mean, like, I'm excited for that story still, but, like, it's not a great hook. I don't love the art, but I, I, I could see where it might yeah, be Will, going.
1: Will, Will Sliney, that's the last name?
0: Yeah, that's—he yeah, did the I, backup in the last issue of Superior. I,
1: I don't have an issue with his art, but I'm getting a sense that a lot of people do, so um, it's that's, that's st- something— It's
0: kind of stiff. I like the details, but there's something about it that seems stiff to me. right.
1: Well, they got Rick Leonardo, Rick Leonardo doing a variant cover on Twenty Ninety Nine. So there's that. Yeah, it's a
0: nice <laughs> cover. Yeah,
1: um, and then. Um I, the Kane backup story was interesting. I mean, you know, I'm. It still does not going to compel me to read New Warriors. I did that after, I did that for two issues and said, nope, <laughs> not anymore. I mean, what
0: do you think was up with that? Was it purely a way just to try to sell New Warriors issues? Oh,
1: no doubt. And I think I, I, I am getting the sense the the more, and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit with when we go over C two E two. I do get the sense that Kane is probably going to factor into Spider Verse significantly.
0: Yeah, they did they did make a reference to that. Um yeah, I mean it was nice to see. The artwork was nice, actually kind of nicer than a lot of the books we were art we were getting in Scarlet Spider.
1: And it was the same artist too, as uh, David Baldeon, um, who I thought really the the last issues of Scarlet were sloppy art wise, but you know, this one was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean the depiction of Peter was a little awkward, but like I loved seeing Kane beat up the Santa's again. Yes. Um, Yeah it's not going to get me to pick up New Warriors But like I guess it was a nice recap Of Scarlet Spider Like it almost felt like a better way to end Scarlet Spider than Even Scarlet Spider ended
1: Yeah well I mean it's interesting because you know from what I'm hearing, New Warriors is not doing so hot. So probably by the time Spider-Verse comes out in November, Kane's going to have a lot of time on his hands. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so well-placed story in that regard.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's weird that there's a whole fully powered Spider-Man swinging around out there that like might not have a book. Like he's just this guy. Like if you think about it like a real-world thing, it's like, well, now we're going to forget about this guy. You know, yeah. who could be equally out having as many adventures as our main guy? just if he was written as well.
1: Yeah, well, that's the key. I mean, I, I, think, I think at this point, I, I mean, you know, again, we'll see what happens with New Warriors, but, you know, if New Warriors um, does get canceled at some point, you got to figure that Canis is probably going to factor in as a supporting character uh, used with, you know, occasionally in the main Spider-Man universe. Because, like you said, you can't just, unless you kill him off, you can't just have this guy out there doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> he is a little important. So, what did you think about the learning to crawl teaser?
0: Well, I was already excited for this story, and if I was excited before, this put me at a fever pitch. I love this. Did you like yeah. it that much?
1: Oh yeah, no, I I, I love. And I'm, I'm assuming this this young this young fellow who went to go see Crusher Hogan. Is this is going to be the Crash character that got teased in the solicitations.
0: Yeah, I mean, you see him creating the mask, and he seems to be sound oriented, which we've been teased before, and we were told that the character would be. You know, a big fan of Spider-Man. And I thought it would be Flash. You know, the name is Crash. And he's a big fan of Spidey's. But that's not the case. But I think this is a really interesting character. Like, a guy who's really, like, almost obsessed with Spider-Man. And you see, you know, his interactions with Spider-Man here. He sees him as this arrogant guy who gets women. And um, it's kind of an interesting depiction of Spider-Man from the fringe, you know, without him experiencing the Uncle Ben moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and and can we mark this as the third official appearance of Crusher Hogan?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed the kind of like uh outsiders look at the at this uh time period, you know, seeing the burglar break into the building was kind of like an aha moment for me. I mean, did you really enjoy that moment?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no. I mean this no, this this is this looks to be a strong story. I mean, you know, I, I, I I don't know I, I I am less worried about the overall learning to crawl idea than um than what we might be getting with the with the original sin amazing fantasy fifteen tie in you know
0: yeah, this seems to be really reverential to the material which is which I like you know quite a bit and um I thought the art was gorgeous mm. um, although it is weird that they have this kind of like mix of time periods like he's got like an iPhone, but everybody is wearing kind of period clothing except for uh you know, our main character.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Well, I mean, we'll see how they resolve that over the course of a full issue.
0: I mean, I think that they're just trying to keep it contemporary but not tread on things. So I guess maybe, like, people are being extra hip. Like, everybody's a hipster in this
1: this issue. I don't know. No, I I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying there. Um, All right. Um, Anything else to say about... Amazing Spider-Man number one, volume three?
0: I don't know, but I, you know what, Mark? And I don't know if you how you feel about this. I thought this issue offered a lot of material for how much it cost. Like, it was five ninety nine, but I really thought that I got my money's worth. It was a good buy.
1: Oh, yeah. Then, I mean, to top it all off, you got a free copy of in- Inhuman number one, which I, I didn't read it yet. But, I mean, you know, in case you needed any other additional incentive to read this thing. I mean, that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. It was a, a – you know, it's a whole – Extra, at like, 20 pages or whatever.
1: Yeah, no, this was, this was definitely good value. It kind of, I mean, you know, I felt even more value than some of the annuals that we've been getting that we paid an extra buck for. So, you know, kudos to Marvel for, for really delivering here.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, I hope that, you know, it hooked some new readers. I mean, I thought it was, you know, accessible enough, but it didn't hit us over the head with exposition. And if it did, it was natural, natural to the book. Yeah. So like I felt, OK, cool, like this could get some new people, but it's not for, you know, forgetting about us, you know, in, in lieu of for them. So I like that about it.
1: Great. Excellent. So what would, what would be your grade, Dan? I'm giving this one a B plus. I had a
0: good time with it.
1: Excellent. Well, uh, I, I'm going to give it a B and, you know, a good solid start to what should hopefully be a, a new generation of stories here. So why don't we get to your comments and emails?
0: Yeah, we wanted to thank everyone for submitting uh, comments to support the relaunch of our show. Your output was enormous, so enormous, in fact, that we think it would be ridiculous to read them on the air. We got about 35 comments, which uh, we can't thank you enough, and from all different countries all over the world. And, of course, we always need more to keep the show relevant on iTunes and draw on more listeners. So if you haven't already done so, please make sure you review us on iTunes we still might even give away some prizes for those of you who, um, haven't done so already. Mark, do you, do you want to, uh, tell us what your favorite, maybe comment of all of these was?
1: Well, I mean, there were so many wonderful comments, but I, I do want to spotlight one because, um, this person is clear, was clearly a listener of Superior Spider Talk because, uh, their, their handle picked up on one of my very lousy jokes that I cracked in the last episode. Uh, the name of this, uh, uh, post is bring it on five stars and it's by Papa Jonah Pizza.
0: <laughs> don't, guys, don't support Mark in this endeavor. <laughs> we're
1: gonna make this happen.
0: No, Papa we're Jonah not. Pizza. We're not gonna make this happen. Fresh I swear to God. Fresh pizza,
1: fresh ingredients. Papa Jonah Jameson.
0: Dan Slot better not be listening. If if, <laughs> if Jonah starts a pizza place, Mark, I I don't know what I'm gonna do here.
1: You're gonna you're gonna applaud me. So anyway, Papa Jonah writes. For the past year, Mark and Dan have been serving up excellent commentary on the superior Spider-Man era. This this sounds like a Papa Jonah uh, commercial. Uh, As well as reviewing reviewing classic issues, discussing news, and interviewing some of the biggest names to ever write and draw Spider-Man. Intelligent discussion, fanboy enthusiasm, constructive criticism, and no nerd rage. This podcast is like a nice hot slice of Papa Jonah pizza.
0: I I want to just completely discount that entire comment (laughs) because of the Papa Jonah pizza thing. Okay, fine. You got a fan, Mark. Uh, I'll leave you be.
1: All right. Ka-ching. All right. Uh, What about you, Dan?
0: I had a favorite one. Uh, It's from Gaming Hermit, who I believe left us a comment before. Um, But I liked what he had to say here. It says, the most anticipated Spider-Man podcast, five out of five. And he says, I was actually bummed out when I heard you both say you were keeping the superior name. I'm super excited to see the name of both the comic book I love and the podcast I love change their names back to the one true Spider-Man name. Amazing. For anyone considering a Spider-Man podcast, this is it right here. Dan and Mark are both giant Spider-Man fans and know a lot about history. They break down each issue, and it's really interesting to hear. I look forward to this podcast almost as much as I do the actual comic. Can't wait to read more of the issue and hear more of your podcast, gentlemen. Keep up the good work. And he's hoping that we do an amazing Spider-Man 2 movie podcast as well. Mark, is that in the offering? Uh, I,
1: I, I as as soon as I see the movie, Dan, I know you'll you'll probably be there, um, as soon as possible. With I'm there
0: the, opening night, buddy.
1: Oh my goodness! Well, um, I, I, I'm gonna try and see it. Um, if not opening weekend, at least that first week. Uh, so yeah, you know, we will we, we will do what we can to make that happen. If it doesn't, it's my fault, not Dan's. Just know that.
0: Well, um, guys, uh, I, I, the reason I like this comment was because he kind of commented on our name change. And uh, I'm glad you guys enjoy the change to Amazing. Uh, I know that we didn't take the change lightly, so we're glad to have everyone with us. And through your comments, um, you know that, we, we really appreciate it. And we announced that we would be doing a lottery for Amazing Spider-Man Family Business for everyone that submitted a comment. So what I did was I assigned a number to each comment, and I used a random number generator to pick who, get, who got the, um, the issue. So I'm happy to announce that the winner of the free Amazing Spider-Man family business is the commenter that goes by the name Atreyu862. So congratulations, Atreyu.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. So, I mean, if you email us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com, we will send you your free digital uh, code for a digital copy of Amazing Spider-Man Family Business, which is a great book that we're going to be talking about in a future episode of Amazing Spider-Talk. Right, Dan?
0: Yeah. Our next big uh, episode, I think, uh, for uh, the first issue of Learn to Crawl, you'll get our review of Family Business. It's a big book, so we wanted to take extra time to consider it. Uh, Mark, do you want to get to the first email that we got?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, this question came in from our good friend Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence asks, in the issue, Captain America and Spider-Woman both know uh, Spider-Man's secret identity. When did they find out?
0: Well, Mark, uh, when did they find out?
1: Um, That was New Avengers issue 51, we said?
0: Yeah, it was 51.
1: Yeah, that was that was and that was I think the first big reveal post um, civil well for post brand new day in the Mephisto mind wipe. I think Peter then came out to the Fantastic Four soon after.
0: Yeah, they um, saw the statues of of his are uh, uh, with his face gone, and then he revealed it.
1: Yes, so um, yeah, so that 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 answers that question. Uh, what what other question do we have, Dan?
0: Okay, so our our good friend Tom Ayello who writes into us. Seemingly every episode, which is great. So thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Um, He asks, what Spider-Man comic that you currently own that you could have signed by someone still alive, like what would it be and who? So, Mark, uh, who who would you have signed? What comic of yours?
1: Well, Dan, um, I know you actually own – this comic signed by this person. So this is kind of my jealousy moment. Um, so if I could pick anyone, it would be amazing Spider-Man number 50 signed by John Ramita senior.
0: Yep. It's,
1: my <laughs> as I say, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite Spidey comics of all time. And it's unquestionably my favorite cover of all time.
0: Yeah. Um, I, that was my feelings about it too. And so I got mine signed by Stan Lee and John Ramita senior in like a really freak incident. So, uh, I believe we discussed that on the show before, haven't we?
1: Yes, it was about your knowledge of Daredevil 16, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, strangely enough. Um, for me, hmm, I mean, this is tough because, you know, it would be great to get Stan Lee to sign any number of my Stan Lee, you know, issues. But, you know, or, or like Steve Dicko. I mean, he, that that would be the real answer here. But that that's not a reality. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if I could get Steve Dicko to sign my issue number 33, I mean... Who, who, boy, that would be something else. Who, boy? But that's uh, not going to happen. So if we're talking in the realm so, of reality.
1: So reality, yeah. What are we thinking, Dan?
0: If I had to choose, you know, I got Mark Bagley to sign my Amazing Spider-Man 375, which was my first issue I ever read, as I said earlier. So maybe I would get David Michelinie to, um, to sign that book as well.
1: Oh, there you go. That's that's actually pretty good. You know, and, and I, I, I had an opportunity lost. I should have when I when I met Alex Saviak at New York Comic Con, I should have brought my two, ASM 296 with me. But a
0: you didn't do that.
1: I did not. Oh, I, I, I was I was working alone at Comic Con, Dan. It was a hard day or hard four days, so yeah, there was no time I, I remember, for signings. I remember. <laughs> You're like, I remember the emails,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mark's Mark's emo emails.
1: Yes, exactly. So uh, <laughs> we have some other big news that we want to talk about here, Dan. Right?
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, this is the time of the show where we thank all the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned money to the show. And this week we wanted to thank James Winstead for his donation to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much, James. We really do appreciate it. We yeah. know that it's hard-earned money, though, Dan. Maybe maybe it's money from the Cayman Islands, a la Doc Ock.
0: Well, if James Winstead, if you're, you're a super villain and, uh, and you've been uh, stealing money from the vaults around town, I guess we shouldn't really thank you. Um, no, but, we can uh, thank him.
1: We can yeah, thank him. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just don't get caught.
0: Yeah, don't get caught. Don't do it in our town.
1: There you go. There you go. All right. Well, well, again, thanks, James, supervillain or not. Um, We are also excited to announce, drum roll, please, the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. It sounds like something Stan Lee would have created, Dan. Uh, (laughs) That
0: was the point. uh,
1: This is our brand new subscription service for our show. Uh, We all need your support uh, in order to keep our sites and podcasts ad-free. However, we don't really like the idea of taking your money for nothing, so we wanted to offer you something in return.
0: If you guys go to our site and click on the support button and donate to us, you'll be entered into the subscribers database and be an official member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Why did I name it that? It's $20 a year. That's about 60 cents a show. So, for every $20 you donate to our podcast and sites, an additional year will be added to your membership. And what do you get for joining our membership? Tons.
1: Tons? Tons of fun, Dan? Or just more? Okay. Well, let me tell you about some of those tons. Members will be entered into a raffle every show for free digital comics and Spidey swag. We will also be uh, recording listener-requested content. That could be reviews of comics that you request or topics that you want us to talk about. The only way to request something is you become a member.
0: So what are you guys waiting for? Just head on over to our pages and click on the support button now and become a part of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club, the most long-winded club title this side of the Marvel Universe. It's just $20 to get your name in the membership sheet, and you'll start receiving all kinds of great stuff from us in emails, on the show, everything. And you'll have the pleasure of knowing that you're helping our show exist.
1: And that's a pleasure indeed, right, Dan?
0: Yeah, and if you've already sent us money, don't worry. I've already added your name to the list. You're one of our first three members of the club. So uh, thanks for supporting us so far.
1: All right. So now that we got that through, why don't we get to all the spider news that's fit to print? Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a
0: spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches feet, just like guys Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Mark, we had a big thing happen uh, over the weekend, uh, C2E2. That's the Chicago Expo, uh, and that deals with a lot of comics. And um, they had a Spider-Man panel there where they revealed a lot of things. Mark, what kind of stuff did they reveal?
1: Yeah, uh, well, Dan Slott wasn't at the show, but um, the, 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 those in his place were still able to talk a lot about what's going on. Uh, we learned that Josh uh, Fialkov's amazing Spider-Man Who Am I? Uh, infinite digital comic. Comic series is going to be uh, starting on May six. yeah it looks uh, like
0: they're releasing like six issues at once
1: wow that's pretty crazy how are we going to review that Dan yeah it sounds
0: like <laughs> a Netflix show
1: <laughs> I did not realize that Dan um, we also learned that the symbiotes the symbiotes will not be in Spider-Verse which uh, I'm fine with right
0: <laughs> yeah me too me too
1: um we learned the names of the uh the second person bitten by the radioactive spider. It's a female character named Silk.
0: Yeah, and we uh, saw that uh the image of her costume which is should be down in your player right now. It's kind of interesting. She's like all webbed up.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll definitely see where they're going with with Silk.
0: A nice uh, Humberto Ramos design there.
1: Yes, yes. And then we also learned that uh Spider-Man family business though though the, the comic that we just gave a free digital copy of uh is a number one uh New York Times bestseller and there's there's going to be more of these original graphic novels coming down the pipeline, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, a New York Times bestseller, that's pretty great for, you know, something as you know, obscure as a as a as a original graphic novel. So, that's pretty gr- uh good news, I think. And and you know, maybe we'll see more of these James Bond stories.
1: Yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. We'll get to that when we talk about it in the Learn to Crawl episode. But, um, yeah, no, that's that's a good thing. And, you know, you put you put tap talent on something like Mark Wade and James Robinson and Gabriel Del, Delato and you get rewarded for it. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, we also found out, um, not at C2E2, but uh, via other channels, that uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man is going to live at least a little bit longer, right?
0: Yeah, we know that... Um the the covers uh were sent out for for issues 16 and 17. Steve Lieber has a very chatty Twitter account, so I I recommend you f- follow him on on Twitter and he tends to be a little um I guess cavalier in the details about Superior Foes and I don't really see why why not. I mean the book needs all the kind of like press it can get and and news about its continuance that it can get. So um this is pretty low key but, yes, it looks like Superior Foes is at least going to 17 issues because, you know, we got uh, – he said he's going to draw covers for 16 and 17. Um,
1: yeah, I mean as long as these aren't more filler issues like what we've gotten the last two times out with, from Superior Foes, I'm happy with that.
0: Yeah, what's weird though is like we got the solicits for July and it showed issue 13 mm-hmm. coming out in July, which means – we have issue 11 now, which means by July we're only going to get one more issue. So there seems to be a bit of a break going on there with like two months and only one book. I reached out to them and they responded to me on Twitter, but I don't know that uh, you know uh, Nick Spencer or Steve Lieber really understood what I was getting at. Um, they didn't seem to think that there was a break going on. So I don't know if it's miscommunication on somebody's end, but uh, – yeah, it looks like there might be a little bit of break. I wonder if this is to kind of retool the story in, to allow it to go on a bit longer.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I. Who knows? But, I mean, you know, as long as we get back to the basics with this series, it's, you know, having more of it is certainly something I'm excited about.
0: Yeah, we also saw um, some preview art for. The new Miles Morales Ultimate Spider Man number one, which had a bearded man under lockup in, uh, I guess, what remains of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Ultimate Universe. And that man looked a heck of a lot like Norman Osborne, which I think was pretty much corroborated by the cover to uh, Ultimate Spider Man number three uh, after the relaunch um, with. Uh, The Green Goblin fighting Miles Morales. It looks like maybe my worst fears have come true and Norman Osborn did in fact live after the death of Ultimate Spider-Man and that weird ending with him smiling.
1: I about to say, you never liked that last image, right?
0: Yeah, I even brought it up to Mark Bagley back in our interview episode with him and even he seemed to be a little confused by it.
1: Yeah, Uh, so – But there's also
0: a tease of the return of Peter Parker um, in that universe, which has me really excited, although – I can't imagine that it's going to actually be him. Although we got Norman Osborn miraculously back from the dead, so why not Peter Parker?
1: Well, you, you never know, although that would seem pretty, pretty cheap at this point. But um, you know, for all you Ultimate readers out there, s- stay tuned. Uh, yeah, it I'm seems sure. like some
0: h- hot stuff going on in that book.
1: Yeah. And you can, of course, get your Ultimate reviews at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com, right, Dan?
0: Yes, you can. We got some really great reviews up there. So, um, yeah, the issue uh, 200, we gave a 10 out of 10, our first one, and uh, I think it really deserved it.
1: Excellent, Dan. It's good to hear. Um, so why don't we uh, go from 10 out of 10 to Mackie Byrne. Thank
0: Set down in funnel form and pulled you in. I don't need to walk around in circles, walk around in circles, walk around in circles, walk around in circles. circles, So, as we do, we always discuss a classic comic on the show, and today we're discussing Amazing Spider Man Volume 2's number one. Um, Mark, in terms of rebooting the series, what did you think about this Mackie Burn reboot? The
1: Mackie Burn reboot. Well, um they're they're there's going to be an uh, if it hasn't released yet. There's going to be an upcoming gimmick or good column uh, about this because of the, uh, the 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 gimmick or good is the '90s comic book column I do for Comics Should Be Good at Comic Book Resources. Um, and um, what I what I basically mentioned about uh, this comic is it's not that it's bad. It's just dull. It is so dull and so pointless. <laughs> and what did you think? Am I just being way too harsh on this thing, Dan?
0: I mean, I don't think it's a bad comic. Um Like, the dialogue is way too heavy, and, like, nobody talks like this. No, And the pacing is really slow. But I think there are good ideas in this. I mean, one of them isn't that, like, the Peter Parker's status quo, like, as a quitter. I don't really know that I want to read that character. How about you? No.
1: No, definitely not. I mean, and it's not—I mean, I know that we've had these stories in the past. You know, Spider-Man no more, obviously, being the one of the more famous ones. But there's like—you know, th- there's a real kind of stubbornness to Peter's quit this time, you know. And, and that kind of seems to fly in the face of, you know, with great power, myself also come great responsibility. That's a—you know, I, I think it kind of pushes— uh, the envelope a bit too far in this regard. Um.
0: I mean, for those of you who haven't read the issue, the issue is about Peter having quit being Spider-Man and made a promise to not do that anymore. Is living in a like high-rise, really uh, expensive apartment funded by Mary Jane's modeling career. Um, and all of the heroes of the city are looking for him, including the Human Torch, who's written a message in the sky... Um, and then, like, the Scorpion arrives and starts beating up people and killing people. And then a mysterious Spider-Man character appears out of nowhere um, to beat probably, up.
1: Probably gets uh, his butt kicked, too. I mean, that's Scorpion, the new Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of both of them trade blows. But, yeah, he gets crushed below uh, some rubble. And then Peter goes to get a uh, start his job at Tricorp, which actually I think that was the most interesting thing for me to read in this issue was mm-hmm. – After reading this, it reminded me that, like, Big Time is almost an exact copy of this. I mean, down to every single plot point. Um, You know, you've got Peter going into a big company that has a a limited number of spots for people interested in particular things. It's funded by, you know, one big person, and he's going to be the new Think Tank guy. And then they get attacked by something that he has to save them from. Um, There's even a guy who looks just like Max Modell. In this, to the point that I was like, wait a minute, is that Max Modell? It's not, but it might as well be. He's like a guy with a red beard and mustache and ponytail. I mean, it looks just like him.
1: Yeah, but the difference between this and, and big time is big time. Big time is fun. It's joyful. It's it's dance Slot at his dance Slotius, whereas, I mean, you know. In, in the late 90s, you know, Marvel was going through a lot of weird and, and bad stuff in terms of its, you know, back office, uh, midst things, uh, bankruptcy filings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they were kind of going through the process of rebooting and rebranding a lot of their uh major series. And Spider Man was like kind of interesting, like one of the last dominoes to drop, uh, in terms of, um, uh, the, the, a reboot. Um, you know, they had already gotten to Fantastic Four and Avengers and Iron Man and all those other series beforehand. Uh, so when they did do this, you know, they they ended they they uh, ended Amazing, Spectacular, and Peter Parker, Spider Man, and then just kind of consolidated uh, the the line into two books: Amazing and Peter Parker, Spider Man. Um, and you know, for art, they got John Byrne, who you know, while not the most liked person in the comic book industry is certainly someone with uh some some clout uh but for scripts they they, you know for whatever reason they went with howard mackie who i I mean mackie you know everyone i know who's we've we've talked to dan who's worked with howard talks about what a great guy he is and i'm sure he i'm sure he's a wonderful a wonderful man a wonderful human being but he 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 just did not write great spider-man stories (laughs) It's just no way around it
0: (laughs) i i'm 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 there with you um I think a lot of it has to do with like how things are resolved i mean there is a, an interesting mystery in this, like who is this new spider man character i mean no matter how the resol- how lame the resolution turned out to be um and and it does an okay job, i guess establishing a new continuity, but like it throws so much character development out the window i mean Aunt may and jonah like appear to be the same person they were in the first issue they were ever introduced.
1: Yeah. I, and the Aunt May stuff I feel is, ex, is especially abhorrent because, you know, keep in mind, Aunt May had just been resurrected in one of the, stupidest storylines ever those who listen to superior spider talk uh know that we uh, i at least cited this as my least favorite green goblin story of all time because you know aunt may who died this beautiful tragic death in amazing spider-man 400 uh, i shouldn't even say tragic she's an old woman and she got sick and she died i mean but it was a very beautifully done issue by jm de and mark bagley um you know, they 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 conjure up a way to resurrect her by um, by having Norman Osborne kidnap her and then hire an actress to get plastic surgery and then pretend to be her and die, uh, which is just ugh. don't ugh. forget
0: about the DNA matrix.
1: Oh, and the DNA matrix and the DNA bomb in her brain. And, uh, yeah, well. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I love how Aunt May just like brushes this aside in this issue. She's like, "It's so funny that someone would want to act like me."
1: Oh, what a funny duddy! <laughs> yeah,
0: here have your wheat cakes.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it's 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 such a callback to her in Amazing Fantasy fifteen, and it's like she hasn't acted like this character in years. I mean, like you know, hell, I mean, even uh, in the seventies and eighties, you know, she's running the boarding house, she's she's you know protesting for senior rights. I mean, you know, like other creators tried to make May more interesting, and 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 you know, Howard Mackey's and John Byrne's uh, decision was to just bring her back to her very earliest roots which I think was just a very poor decision and a waste of a resurrection because if that's if that what if if they're just bringing her back to just kind of be the albatross for peter again then that's ridiculous you know
0: yeah i mean it i for me it was almost worth it to go through this just to get jms's portrayal of her which i think is the best portrayal of aunt may from any writer
1: oh no question i i you will ne- not hear an argument from me on that but i mean yeah, I mean that. That, but that was a lot of crap to go through. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of crap to go through. So, <laughs> what's, what's
0: interesting about this issue and all the issues from this kind of reboot early on is how expensive they are to buy as a collector. I mean, I know you and I like. I don't know how you got this issue, but they're very. There's a very low print run of these because it was when Marvel was self self publishing. And they were going out of business and uh, so they didn't make a lot of copies of this book and and, and all these books. Like I I think – I probably paid like 30-some bucks for some of the like teen issues after the relaunch. Because they're so hard to find,
1: yeah, I mean, I think issue one is one of the easier ones to, yeah. to find, just because you know as an issue one, they probably had multiple copies, although if you do find that sunburst variant, that's a collector's item,
0: yeah, and the normal cover is just flat out ugly, I think,
1: yeah, I mean, burn does both of them, but i I feel the sunburst is a better is a better cover.
0: it's funny that they didn't go with that one for the actual cover,
1: well, you know, well because the original one is 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 you know. I feel it's trying to evoke Dicko. It's not, but it doesn't end up doing it. But like, I feel that's probably what they're going for. So, and, and, you know, so that's probably why they went with it. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, oh man, those, those, those volume two issues, like I, I, I have to say, I'm proud of the fact that I probably never spent more than maybe 15 or 20 for any of them. But I mean, yeah, you you got to dig high and low for these things well, the, you're trying to... the,
0: the Carnage Silver Surfer issue, I think, is pretty desired by some people. Well, that's not Volume Two, though.
1: That's um, that's still Volume One.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. It is, and I but found it's still that... during the low print run.
1: And I found that, Dan, in a dollar box. Can you yeah. believe that?: wow. That's well, that Carnage yeah. silver Surfer one. That's like, that's like one of my proudest buys. And that wasn't like that long ago. It was maybe like seven or eight years ago. So you know, at that point, the word was out, and people knew that they can get a good return on it. So I don't know how it ended up in a dollar box. But that's I found funny
0: it. because I, I saw it in a dollar box, too, but I didn't think anything of it because it was back when my collection had not reached that point yet, And then, you know, boom. I went to go look for it again. It was gone and then I ended up paying top dollar for it.
1: Well, were you at a comic book uh, convention at a VFW in New Jersey? Because maybe we were going through the same box.
0: <laughs> no, I was here in Maryland. OK. Just, just checking. <laughs> that would have been weird. Our hands lightly touch while grabbing the comic. <laughs> we look into each other's eyes.
1: And then I go mine.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and we were we were somehow destined to podcast together.
1: Uh, I did. I do remember at, the, at one of those shows seeing an issue six, which is one of my remaining two issues for like two hundred bucks. That that probably is something I should have bought at the time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, do you have any like lingering regrets? Like I saw an amazing fantasy fifteen that was a six point CGC graded for five thousand dollars, and it kills me that I didn't buy that.
1: Um. That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I have more regrets about comics I did end up buying versus the comics I didn't. Yeah. Um, Because I mean, a lot of times, like, you know, I I I kind of when I go to shows and stuff, I have an idea of like what what's in my budget and what I'm willing to spend. And if something is out of my range, I don't dwell on it too much. Um, But there are a bunch of comics that I bought because they were there, they were available, and they were cheap. But then, like after the fact, I was like. A lot I spend money on this. This is a really bad. And I have a, you know, my most famous one is an issue of Amazing Spider-Man twenty-five, which I bought when I was in high school. Which is, you know, first Spider Slayer. And this thing just looks like a truck ran over it. It's just terrible. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah,
0: I feel that way about my Molten Man issue.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. I actually have. I found a good one. A Molten Man that 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 black like,
0: cover one. Yeah, ugh. that's a
1: tough one to find. If you get, because the thing with that with that cover, if it's in low grade, it's just done. Uh, <laughs> But but 25, especially with the, with the yellow cover, like it feels like every dirt and dust mark just like clings to it. And I, I, I honestly, I bought it because uh, I was with a group of friends in high school. And one of the friends I was with owned um, from his from his dad, a copy of Amazing Spider-Man 32. And I was so jealous that he owned this old vintage issue that I was like, I need to find something older and be better than him. So uh, and this that guy show
0: so you, Mark.
1: I know you know me well. Uh, <laughs> so you know, fifteen-year-old me uh picks up issue twenty-five. I only paid twenty bucks for it, but I, it's because it's you know it's a twenty-dollar comic and the condition it's in. You know what I mean? It's, it's probably <laughs> it's not quite. It's probably like a good minus. Uh I mean, it's not it's not it's not like ripping and falling apart. But man, oh man, it is just in rough shape for for my standards. And I would have rather have. You know, spend four times that and get a better-looking copy of it. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Getting back to the. Uh, Sorry, issue. guys.
1: <laughs> Very <laughs> tangential. <laughs> no, it's
0: really interesting. But uh, getting back to the number one issue, uh, I think it's funny because this one also features like our our, our featured review on this episode. It, you know, it features these backup stories and it tells the origin of the new Scorpion, which I thought was just you know ridiculous. It was just like, oh, here's two pages of. Something that probably should have been happening at the beginning of this comic. Right. Um, <laughs> it's but it, very... it's funny because it echoes big time because I, if I'm not correct, uh, the like end of like the first or second big time issue features Scorpion getting a new costume as well. Um, and this one also features a uh, backup that explains Spider-Man's history just like the Joe Cara manga one we got in this new number one. Although this one features the chapter one origin which is just <laughs> oh god uh,
1: chapter one yeah there's going to be something on chasing amazing on chapter one to coincide with learning to crawl you know kind of a lessons learned in 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 dabbling with the origin
0: <laughs> yeah yuck i don't even uh, want to talk about it.
1: yeah we, we can move on from that um i will say this um and maybe this is a, a bit of a Um, a bold statement but you know when when you talk about 90s and spider-man you know there's a lot of pretty crappy storylines that people will 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 slag on but um you know the big one of course being the clone saga i would take clone saga over this mackie burn reboot any day because at least clone saga as poorly executed as it was i felt like they were at least making bold choices with it they weren't great choices but they were bold this just feels like just retracing the same old ground as we've talked. Very slow pacing. Byrne's art is okay. I don't find it to be all that. I, I kind of felt it to be a little paint by number. Um, there's nothing. I mean, I, I guess because I've seen Byrne do considerably better in like X Men and Fantastic Four. Um, but um, yeah, I, I would take I would take the crap of the Clone Saga over this.
0: This isn't the bold and the beautiful. It's the bold and the boring.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, how bold though. <laughs> um so, um yeah, so Amazing Spider-Man number 1 volume 2. I know that we did not compel you to go out and read it, but hey, if you want to know what we're talking about, you can, you know, obviously uh if you don't want to go digging through dollar boxes to see if you can land a copy, if you have the Marvel Unlimited uh, uh service on your uh on your iPad, you can read it there and uh or, you know, Find Or find a copy and buy it,
0: right? Yep. Well, Mark, it looks like it's time for us to wrap things up here. Of course, you guys can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and the old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com. Or you can find us on iTunes by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please make sure you leave us a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing and we'll read it on the air. If you have any opinions on these comics or any questions please email them to us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com and we'll address and read them on the air.
1: Yeah, and be sure to check out both our Facebook pages at Facebook.com slash SuperiorSpiderTalk and Facebook.com slash Chasing Amazing because they're great places to keep up with us between shows. That's where we put up the articles that we've written and other breaking news about the Spider-Man universe. And of course, it's a good way to get in touch with us.
0: Yeah, of course. I love using Facebook and, uh, and lots of good, good uh, community building there too. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Well, Dan, where can we find you uh, on the internet?
0: Well, you can always go to my webpage, Uh You can follow me on Twitter at, at Dan Gavazdan, or you can visit my Spider-Man page with all the wonderful work being done on my website at superiorspidertalk.com. We actually have this really great piece if you're a collector of Spider-Man toys up documenting all of the uh, toys that are coming out with Amazing Spider-Man 2, the movie. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and uh, you can follow that website online and most, most of my Spider-Man ramblings at at uh, SupSpiderTalk on Twitter. How about you, Mark?
1: Excellent. Well, Dan, you can, of course, find me at www.chasingamazingblog.com. Uh, just uh, this week, Dan, uh, I announced that I am a proud owner of Amazing Spider-Man number 1. I got an outpouring of support from uh, a lot of my readers and on Twitter and on Facebook from that. Uh, thank you all very much. I mean, I'm just a guy who collects comics, and I, I feel like by one way or another, you've kind of become invested in this chase with me, and that's kind of... Um, kind of overwhelms me in a very, very strange way. So uh, I, again, I, I thank thank everyone for for the kind words and you know support you've been giving me on that. Um, but on chasing amazing into May, give, going with the theme of all the new comics going out, we're gonna we're gonna do something on my site called Number One Month, where we're gonna be looking at number one issues uh, from various Spider-Man titles over the years. Um, So be on the lookout for that. In addition, you can find me on Twitter at ChasingASMblog. And you can uh, find me on some of the other sites that I write for, including Comics Should Be Good, where I write gimmick or good. And WhatCulture.com, where I write lots of top 10, 15, and 20 lists about comic books.
0: That's awesome, Mark. And hey, congratulations, man. I, I, I figured you'd be the first one. To get there, and oh, when I found out about your number one in August, you know that was when, when we met for the first time. I'm
1: going to say, I think you came in the night that I got that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we went to Connecticut Comic Con the next day, and you you came in. And it's like, hi, I'm meeting you for the first time. Here's issue one. What do you think?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a cool way to meet you, and uh, it's, it's been weird being the other guy that knows about this. Yeah, you know, I
1: have to. Uh, I have to be honest. I was meeting you for the first time. I kept looking up where we were. Where I was storing the issue on. I was like, that better not have legs, Dan Gavas. <laughs> <dang. laughs>
0: yeah, this whole thing has just been a way for me to slowly. uh steal your collection
1: <laughs> well you won't find the rest of it where, where you were so that's okay it's in an undisclosed location <laughs> alright
0: well you know maybe it's in the Cayman Islands
1: there you go exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> well thanks everybody for listening to the first episode of our brand new show Amazing Spider Talk I hope you enjoyed it please make sure you donate to the show and join our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club Ugh That's going to be a thing And uh, yeah, and you come back for our next episode Where we're discussing Learn to Crawl, Amazing Spider-Man 1.1 And Amazing Spider-Man Family Business
1: Absolutely And Dan, you know I know that we're now amazing and not superior But um, I think the lesson of our great uncle Ben Still holds true Which is With great podcasts must also come Amazing Spider-Talk